Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever in the world you may be. I am Nicole BZ and you know everything. I picked that title because this isn't me telling you anything. This is me facilitating an exploration. I am reading a map that you picked the destination, you picked the route constraints, and I'm just simply doing my best to guide. I talk about big business, big ideas, and big possibilities. My entire purpose for creating this piece of art is to both inspire you and impact you in positive ways. So with that, there's my intro, there's my spiel. If you've been here before, you know that it's both my favorite and least favorite part about creating these episodes. And if this is your first time, welcome. We're going to be talking about one of my most favorite topics, my most favorite hobby, my uh, career of 20 plus years, art. And this is like the 18th time I've recorded this episode. Don't ask. <laughs> but I, I was having this conversation with an artist that I work with. I tended to attract a lot of creatives simply because that is my network. Uh, it definitely has to do with the way I work. It is also my passion. I believe that art saves. I believe that Art is a cathartic experience that not just through the creation of it, but through the experience of art, we are able to transform ourselves, transform our communities and our environments, our homes, our experiences, and our world. There's a common age-old debate in art. Does art drive culture or does culture drive art? And personally, I believe art drives culture. I think there are some people who don't have a choice about it. They are able to see this world as it could be, and they use a medium of expression to allow others to also share in that experience, that vision, that possibility. Now, I have my own views on art, and this is kind of where this discussion started, and also I felt like was worthy of sharing with you. Again, if this is your first time, you will not be aware of the fact that I get to talk to creators and builders from all around the world all day long, every day. And I am inspired by certain conversations, certain ideas, um, certain phrases that people share with me. And I think, okay, well, I've, I've just literally had this conversation with 10 different people in 10 different places about 10 completely different things, but is the same concept that we're exchanging. So that is when I feel compelled to actually create uh an episode, if you will, about it. Um, and if you've been here before, firstly, thank you. You are definitely my favorite, but you know that I can bring some contrarian points to view as well. Um, oftentimes, my people think I'm talking about them. So just a friendly reminder, I'm usually amassing a handful of stories along with like 20 years of experience into an episode. So if you see yourself in it, that is by design, but it's not your specific example. Uh, unless you're okay with that, and then it totally is. <laughs> I'm totally talking about you. But anyhow, I, I've always been a fan of pretty things. And uh, you can have your own assumptions as to why that is. But I've, I've always loved art. I've, I've always been fascinated by the creative process. I was never encouraged to be a creative. We're going to kind of get into that. Not my own story, but why art was not something that a lot of parents and cultures and communities and even educational systems supported in terms of development. We'll get there. I promise. Um, but for me personally, like I was not very good at it. <laughs> like, 
So, you know, if you're really good at something and not really good at other things, not only are you going to be more personally inclined to explore the talent that you are born with, but um, the other thing about art is that it, it feels a little, especially in the United States, it felt like something that only talented people were allowed to appreciate. There's a whole educational system, the educational industrial complex. It's a new one um, I was reminded of recently, but it kind of felt like if you didn't have an art history degree, if you didn't have an MFA, or most especially if you didn't, if you could not call art a talent of your own, who the fuck are you to have an opinion about it, right? But my friends, if I'm the first one to share this with you, uh, I'm really excited to let you know the whole point of art is to have an opinion about it. And I personally believe the less educated and less experienced, the more valuable your opinion. Oh God, I heard all of my MFAs. That stands for Master of Fine Art Students. Um, cringe along with all of my artists. But that's, that's what I certainly learned is once you create a piece and you share it with other people, and this is, this is probably one of the hardest parts about being an artist they're going to have an opinion about it. And if not, that's, that is the experience. That is the creative process. That is the sharing, the, the releasing of us, the, the hitting publish, right? Like I've gotten lots of opinions about the art that I create and I consider these, these spoken word pieces my art. Thank you for being here. I get into this argument more often with people who are studied, certified, educated artists, um, than those of us who simply feel like we appreciate art. There's also kind of the art, uh, criti- the art, the art collector, the art critic, curators, people who feel like they are um, positioned in the art world to say yes art or no art. But I titled this episode Art is Bananas on Purpose because there's a very well-known art piece, which was a banana duct taped to a wall that sold for millions and millions and millions of dollars at Art Basel. And then you want to talk into like art pricing and art investing and uh, art sales. There's, there's a whole conspiracy theorist <laughs> system in and around that. But the point being, I think we are all artists and that is absolutely a foundation upon which all of my art is created, but certainly all of my work. And I, I, it, it kind of breaks my heart that we don't all believe that we are creative and or that we get to have an opinion on creativity. Because look, just because you think something is good or bad does not make it good or bad. But but that is like this experiential process, right? And I think my first medium of um, favor slash obsession was music. And what I loved so much about music, it combines a variety of art forms, performance, written word, um, recorded art, uh, like singing. I mean, there's, there's, there's so many different, different elements in a piece of music and, and a piece of music can vary in terms of its elements. But in my, my own little isolated world and my own struggles, I could listen to a song and be reminded that somebody else has been here before. Somebody else has felt what I'm feeling and somebody else can tell the story either in a way that allows me to connect or allows me to experience and heal, or just allows me to feel like I am supported and maybe maybe there's some hope. And what I learned working on the other side of the music industry is half the time, the, the songs and the music that I was grabbing a particular narrative out of, like that's not what the artist intended at all. That's not what they were singing about at all. And I found that to be even cooler. And, um, you know, side note, 
a lot of the artists that I had the privilege of working with would create something and it was oftentimes like silly or flippant or they got an idea or they heard someone else's story or they, they too listened to a podcast or read a book and were inspired to write something about it, but it wasn't their particular story or it wasn't their experience per se, but they were using their medium of expression in this instance, music to connect, connect with that original creator and to share something new with whomever might be experiencing their music. So, okay, that is the end of my, my art is cool rant. Let me get into a little bit why I don't think we've all been encouraged to be artists, why art is so important and what makes you an artist. Okay. So firstly, we're going to go down a little, a little, um, history road here. We're going to travel back in time. I wrote a whole blog on this and I haven't reread in, in like a little while. So I'm, blasphemizing my own work, which I'm like very okay with, but I'll link to that blog in the show notes. I encourage you to read it if it tickles your fancy. But back in the day, like not only has this been something I've been arguing about with artists and um, masters of fine arts, it's, it's an argument that has been debated since written word and philosophy were something that was recorded. So in ye olden times, philosophers would argue if humans, if man could create, or if that were only God's work. And there was no right or wrong. It was, it was um, tossed around for, for hundreds of years, but ultimately due to the, the fundamental belief that the gods or God is the creator Man was perceived to simply be a tradesman, somebody that could develop a skill and could reproduce God's creative work, but was not a creator. And in fact, for someone to suggest that they created was blasphemous because you are suggesting essentially that you are a God. So there was, uh, the, you know, the skilled tradesman, the, the painter, the singer, the um, songwriter, the builder, the craftsman, the, the clothing makers, they, they were considered very, very skilled tradesmen. And they're, you know, the way that industry and, um, the, the financial systems at the time supported those tradesmen looks very different than it does today for obvious reasons. But so for a long time, the skill was greatly appreciated and invested in as a creative depending again on your medium of expression, you could live with very, very wealthy families. You might be the one that was capturing their images in paintings or entertaining that their, their community through music and, and comedy and um, spoken word, right? So it, it, the skill has been honored and invested in and, and, and paid, valued essentially for a very, very long time. But when we were able to start reproducing the creative expression without the creator being there, we entered into a different economic uh, system of exchange. This is where royalties came about. Originally, um, piano music could be reproduced by a paper roll that had holes cut out so that a mechanical device could play those notes, could be triggered to play those notes. So that even though Beethoven wasn't in the room playing the piano, or holding the scroll upon which the other musicians were therefore performing, you could still listen to that music. The WordPress was able to reproduce written word. And so you could buy and sell books. And obviously this changed the way that we not only were able to exchange ideas, but the way that we were able to think and exchange as humans. That introduced 
nation states trying to control and monetize this concept of creativity. And quite honestly, we've never agreed on that either. There, every, every country has a different, every nation state has a different set of rules in terms of copyrights. Copyrights refers to the properties in creative work. And depending again on the medium of expression, on the artist, on the copyright, on the way that, that a creator wants their art to be engaged within the world, you're, you're dealing with like wildly different concepts and rules. Um, and, and also between like political nation states as well. And, and I think that's because like, I don't know how we define the ownership of an idea. I personally believe we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. I've also not come from a culture where I have been systemically stolen from. I don't know what it would be like to see your ideas, to see your skill sets, to see your creations be repetitively and continually extracted from. So I'm definitely speaking from, I don't know if that's privilege or ignorance, probably a combination of the two, but I can absolutely see how that plays out in modern day when you have someone who is coming from a culture where they feel like they have, they have never had their ideas been honored or valued in a way that dominant or colonialist or um, industrialist cultures have. So that is absolutely a, a theme to which I am aware of, but I can't, I certainly can't speak to. Uh, I also have worked with a ton of artists who have been so afraid that somebody would hear a melody or see um, words or have experienced somebody copying and pasting or have, have essentially also felt like something was stolen from them, that it, it prevented them from creating and putting work out in the first place. So I am sharing this bias with you because I believe that ideas deserve to be um, acted upon. And if they aren't, someone else might. And so the more you create, the more you put out there, the more you hone in on your unique voice, it becomes very difficult to steal that. There was a, a famous, um, I mean, there have been many, many famous legal cases in terms of art being stolen, but Ed Sheeran was just charged with capturing someone else's melody. And in court, he played 130 versions of that same melody in very well-known songs. So the point being like, how do you own an idea? How do you defend ownership of an idea? And importantly, like, how do you monetize an idea? We moved away from creativity as a skill because creativity is, is hard to measure. If we can't even decide how somebody definitively owns an idea, yet alone reproduces it and therefore monetizes it, in a society and in societies and cultures and systems that only value something that can be a, a dollar sign or whatever your particular currency might be, can be placed upon, we're going to um, de-emphasize the value of that entire skill set. And so as science started to uptrend and religion and magic and creativity became less measurable and definitive, you see entire educational systems, entire careers and um, trainings start to emphasize the careers that we believe are going to be the most valuable, as in you can get paid the most. You know, you couple that with the fact that to be a competitive nation, you need, you need technology, you need weaponry, you need, you need infrastructure and buildings. Do we need paintings? I would suggest yes. <laughs> but uh, our education systems are designed to focus upon the skill sets that will ultimately empower 
nation states to be the most competitive. And so without um, very empathetic parents or teachers or communities, someone who might be more creative leaning is probably not going to get the level of support as somebody who might be a brilliant engineer or lawyer if you're in the United States. So you can see how it's pretty obvious why if, if creativity and art is originally considered blasphemous and therefore less um, valuable as in you can't get paid as much for it, we're going to stop encouraging people to do that. And then you compound that over generations then you get an education system that is is never going to value art on the same level that they will math because math is very measurable math is very applicable and we believe that you know strong practitioners of hard skills are again more valuable than soft skills we we not just repeat this cycle but uh we we start to lose the arts and creativity altogether now, why is this a relevant argument now, if this argument's been happening for like hundreds, if not thousands of years? I think you know the answer to this, my friend, and it is AI. So I was having this conversation because in my Discord community, which you can join for free, it's linked below. It's where my intention is, is to, to have these real conversations, to be able to exchange ideas, and for me to provide you with whatever support that I can based on whatever it is that you need and ask for in a, in a container that is accessible and inclusive for everybody. So please join the Discord if you're curious about me, what I talk about, what I teach about, any of these conversations. If you have questions, pose them in the Discord and I will create entire episodes just for you. I've done it before. I'll do it again. All of these episodes are inspired mostly by my people and the conversations that I get to have. So I was, I have a channel in the Discord community that is for Midjourney, which is the AI generative art application. I also have ChatGPT in there, which is, is scraping from all sorts of ideas and concepts and rich in words that exist on the internet. And it is not inarguable that that is plagiarism, that that is stealing. I don't disagree with that whatsoever. And also I'm a big believer in progress in technology and accepting what is happening. I watched thousands of artists disappear because they thought sharing and streaming music was plagiarism. I watched record labels disappear because they put invested all of their capital into fighting Napster and um, these different streaming applications. And then I saw some really, really interesting, I consider to be visionary people build businesses and throw around concepts like art is a utility. And what if we can all experience music like we do electricity, where you just pay a bill every month and you have music everywhere you go, in your car, on your computer, in your speakers, um, in the in, at your friends' houses, on your TV. And fast forward 20 years, here we are, my friends. So you can fight against what's happening or we can start to have these open dialogues that explore if this is where we're at now what does idea ownership look like what does value look like what does remuneration look like so i think that's a very very important discussion to be having like it is intellectual international intellectual property law there, there's entire degrees based on this so that's not what we're going to talk about today but why does this matter and why does this matter to you if you're afraid of ai if you're afraid of being replaced by ai or if you just want to learn how to play with ai ai creativity. 
you are still ultimately feeding AI the prompts. That is a creative endeavor. Endeavor. There is a new career that is a data prompt specialist. And that is going to be based on the way that you think, the way that you engage and express and work with this medium. This medium can be a paintbrush for you. It can be a typewriter. It can be a microphone. And there are all sorts of applications now that especially if you felt like you couldn't draw like me, or maybe you don't want to put your face on camera, or maybe you feel like your voice is like annoying. I think most people can relate to that. My friend, there is an AI app for that. <laughs> you can transcribe your written words. You can, you can um, have AI mimic a, a voice of yours. You can tweak it. You can use AI to create imagery of yourself. Like, you can suddenly become a creator in a way that if you felt like you were lacking, even if it was just lacking the funds and the lessons and the know-how to do all of this, all of that is available for you right now. And it is the very beginning of this wave. There are 50 YouTube videos, probably 5,000 YouTube videos out there right now that can, or will show you how to utilize this technology to create a business, to create art, to suddenly become the photographer or the painter or the singer that you always wanted to be. So I think that is really exciting and really inspiring. I also think it's going to be a long time before the machines are able to become creative. And I think it is your creativity and your art that differentiates you from everybody else. Why am I doing this? Because I feel like, and I've been told this, I have a unique way of phrasing things and saying things. Is it special? Is it, is it monetizable? I don't know. You know, time will tell. But the way that I think and the way that I talk is mine. No one else can do that. And AI certainly can't do it yet. Although I'm like literally training AI to be able to do that. So like fingers crossed. Um, the way you work is your art. And like, if you're uncomfortable with creating, that is your opportunity. The time is now, my friend, to really start playing with this. Again, like you can, if you want, you can play with it in my Discord community. The journey... It's free for you to use on there. Uh, if you're looking for help, if you're looking for support, there's so much learning out there available to you. But find that thing that when you're doing it, you lose track of time. I literally just checked the clock on this to see how long I was talking because I have no idea. It could have been two minutes or 20 minutes. It was, it was a, a combination of the two, 22 minutes. But like this is, like I said, this is like the 18th time I've recorded this episode. I love synergizing these thoughts and creating this this work for you. And I, I, I promise you there is something out there that feels like that for you. And if you're anything like me, there's probably a lot of things. You might, you might have found something, got bored with it, tried something else, got bored with it. That's okay. <laughs> and use these tools, use your unique mode of expression, follow those rabbit holes or fall down those rabbit holes, pull the threads. Like if something interests you, you can now access PhD level learning through this technology and start to create what feels like your own art. The more you create that, the more you do, it becomes your body of work. Most artists don't just stick to a medium. They might have a medium that sells 
and that's what they're known for. But they were working in ceramics. They were sculpting. They were doing spoken word. They like so many of the people that I work with, their art is not what you might consider art. Like one of my favorite artists is what I have qualified as a spreadsheet artist. They build beautiful spreadsheets that can synergize data in a way that is incredibly powerful. There are enterprise level companies that like, this is what they do. They realize that there's so much information out there and their clients need a way of being able to look at a screen's worth of information and see what's happening in their business or see what's happening in their building projects or see what's happening in their um, multiple like creative projects that they're working across with different partners and, and different clients, right? So like art doesn't just have to be something that someone else perceives as being beautiful. It can be something that somebody perceives as being useful or helpful or um, inspirational. So I, I 100% promise you, if you look back on everything you've done up until this point, there is a commonality. And when you can take that sort of 30,000 foot view and look at everything you've built, you can get back down onto ground level and decide, okay, well, today I'm going to work on this particular block or this particular car or this particular outfit, right? Your process, your interests, your ideas culminate into a body of work. And therefore, each project is your art. Each conversation that you have, each idea that comes to you, each suggestion or supportive comment that you make, like I look at each one of those concepts as your art. And if you needed someone to give you permission to be an artist, let me, let me be that for you, my friend. If you needed the encouragement to indulge in that crazy thing that you do that you don't talk about, you can be an artist without sharing it with anybody. I know plenty of singers, songwriters, performers, painters, photographers that do it simply because they love it. That's what this, this endeavor is for me. I'm doing this because I actually love it. And I, I very much hope the quality improves <laughs> as I keep going. But the worst piece you will create is your first one and it can only ever get better from there. So please, please invest in what you do. Please allow yourself to indulge in the idea that you are an artist. And if that has felt off limits to you, if that has felt like it has to be something beautiful, I challenge you to just simply keep creating and to keep, keep dating the muse. Those ideas that come to you are very special. They are very unique and no one else is getting them except for you. So even if you're writing a blog that no one else is going to read, even if you're designing shoes that you never think will be manufactured, even if you're building out spreadsheets that are sexy as fuck, <laughs> You, my friend, are an artist and what you are creating is truly special and deserves to be indulged. So I think that's all I have to say about that. Uh, thank you for indulging me in this particular conversation. It is one of my most favorite. I'm just kind of reviewing my notes to make sure that I've covered everything that I wanted to cover because, again, I've talked about this a lot. Encourage your creativity. Just do it. Sign up for something. Have a conversation with somebody about it. Make it real in whatever way that that real is for you. Um, you know, for most people, I, I get to have this conversation about like, what would it take to, to take this seriously? 
And sometimes uh, that's going to look different for everybody, but, but take you seriously. You are a very, very unique, priceless piece of art and everything you create and do qualifies. So I think that's it. Uh, email me hello at NicoleBZ.com. I would love to hear from you. Please comment below if this was something that you enjoyed. If you have any thoughts, if you think I'm a dick, I am here for all of it. Constructive feedback is my favorite. Join the Discord community. It is free. It will always be free. It's full of really interesting, really beautiful people. And we're all showing up exactly as we are. It's not a performative community. Um, there's no pressure. You can be a complete warrior. I 100% encourage that. Uh, there's probably something cool that I'm doing. I'm not sure when you're going to be tuning into this, but please check out NicoleBZ.com for my latest offerings, show links, show notes, everything. Thank you for being here. I love you. And, uh, I will, I will talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.